Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kodo. And before I go into the to today's episode, first of all, welcome back. And I hope we'll be able to continue on smoothly throughout the first couple of weeks, but hey, let's let's hope it will let's hope the school year will be okay. For the most part, just as long as everybody wears a mask on campus. Just as long. Anyway, we put up with a lot of stories in our days as teenagers, right? Well, some of them are true, some of them are not, and I don't mean gossip. I'm, I'm also talking about the moments that we laugh, cry, and oftentimes get into trouble for guilty pleasure years. Sort of. Or how about the times where we were able to spend our teenage days at high school and outside of high school? Okay, high school was a bit different, but we all had our moments there. Especially moments like high school football games, marching bands, assemblies, plays, concerts, parties, stuff like that. While we may have already lived through that stuff as teenagers, but the memories will continue on as we grow older. However, there are moments like that in movies, which is what I'm doing today, a top 10 teenage movies. When it comes to movies, the teenage genre or teen flicks come to mind. It's amazing to see so many teen flicks, particularly on TV, although seeing them in theaters is a great experience too. But with so many teen flicks, it takes you back to the good old days of being a teenager and sometimes bad days too. And speaking of teen years, don't you just love the times where we got together to have fun, hang out, watch high school football games, cheer, be a part of music, dance, theater, and getting into trouble from the teachers for incomplete homework and stuff. Those were the days, except for the homework. In fact, these were our coming of age days. Am I right? Well, love them or hate them, these teenage films will not only bring the nostalgia, but some of the greatest teen films ever. Now, I am only including theatrical films, so no made-for-television films, straight-to-DVD films, nor anything from Disney Channel original movies. Sorry, High School Musical. If you think I'm missing some teen flicks, don't forget to check out episode 24 of the Top 10 Movies based on young adult novels to, to hear if any to hear if any of them that I missed. So grab your popcorn, relax, and take a break from your from homework, including uh, cleaning, cleaning school, as I take you back in time to the good old teenage days. This is the Top 10 Teenage Films. And as always, spoiler alert. Number 10. 10 Things I Hate About You. Kicking off this list is the teenage flick that rips off William Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. Hey, sometimes uh, I do like films that literally rip off Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure The Lion King did that too. While the film take, takes a good focus on teenagers in high school during the late 1990s, well, this film did came out in the 90s, 99, I mean, the plot itself takes pages from the play itself. The film follows a student named Cameron, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who is smitten with Bianca, played by Larissa Olinik, 
and in order to get around her father's strict rules on da- dating attempts to get a to get bad boy Patrick, played by Heath Ledger, to date Bianca's ill-tempered sister, Kat, played by Julia, Julia Stiles. While the film itself may be a bit off, I mean, some, some teen flicks can be a little off at times, it still has its moments of humor, characters, and memorable performances, particularly of Heath Ledger, who shows off his singing chops during the I Love You Baby sequence, well, the song that he plays during one of the soccer practices, that is definitely one of the greatest scenes ever in a teen flick. Unlike the play where it shows Catherine Mary Petruccio in, in the play itself, this film deals with the school prom. Yep, that's right. Prom. Or prom night, I should say. And uh, kind of similar to the book. Kind of similar to the book or the play, I should say, of The Taming of the Shrew. It did hit, hit some notes, notes right there especially the performances, most notably Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. This film was, this was the film that kicked off Heath Ledger's career, including Julia Stiles. Believe me, and believe me, those two were pretty good in that film. And well, if you are in for a teen flick that parodies Shakespeare and taking place before prom, then this film will be a fun time. Number 9. The Outsiders. Considered by many people to be the most underrated teenage film ever, this film tackles a lot, mainly between the two sides, the greasers and the socias. This was 1950s, by the way. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who had previously produced an early teenage flick, 1973's American Graffiti with Star Wars director George Lucas. The movie does not tell much in terms of story, but it has a strong focus of teenage rebellion between the greasers and socialists in the late 1950s, no less. Based on the book of the same name by S.E. Hinton, the film honors the source material world from word. Hey, hey, at least the hey, at least the film honors the book at least. Unlike unlike the other films that we that we have seen. <laughs> yep. The film follows Pony Boy, played by C. Thomas Hall, and Johnny, played by Ralph Malchio, as they flee a small town after killing one of the sausages with a knife, but later come back with the help of Dallas, played by Matt Dillon, and, and an accidental fire burning. However, audiences did get a raining mud brawl between the greasers and socialists for an epic fight, along with Tom Cruise's fighting ability. Yep, Tom Cruise is in this movie. He played one of the greasers, who was able to kick butt. While the film focuses on the two groups, we also get some very heavy themes, like rebellion, underage, abuse, among many other things. I mean, to be fair though, those themes are very common in the teenage life, because we, as teenagers, they do get a good sense of rebellion, underage, and abuse, and that is basically one of the few things that that teenagers can can or may go through. Plus, outside of that, we also get memorable characters in this film, like Soda Pop, Two Bit Matthews, Cherry, Randall, Derry, among many others. While the Outsiders may be an underrated film, it is still worth to wa- worth to watch. Number eight, Footloose. Speaking of teenage rebellion, Footloose is another example of it. 
This teenage musical comedy focuses on a teenager named Rem McCormick, played by Kevin Bacon, who is a new kid from new kid around the block who moved from from the city of Chicago, Illinois to Beaumont, Oklahoma, only to discover that dancing and music has been banned. Really? A town that bans dancing and music? Well, anyway, the ban happened because of a recent death of the Reverend Moore's Moore's son, and the Reverend Moore is played by John Lithgow. Now, his son, who died in a car crash, he was the the son died in a car crash after a night of dancing and music, which, which literally came to that decision. In fact, the film took inspiration from a real-life incident in Elmore City, Oklahoma. The rebellion itself comes into play where Ren decides to go up against this ban, or the law, I should say, so that the senior class can have their prom nights because prom is a time to dance to music and get together with friends for one final high school dance. I mean, that is true. I mean, I mean, prom is definitely your your final high school dance before you graduate. So why not dance along to the music and have fun? And what is a Teenage Rebellion movie without mentioning the music and da- dance numbers, right? I mean, hey, we get some pretty pretty good dance numbers. I mean, I know the film itself is a little cheesy at times, but it is a fun film to watch. I mean, true, the dance numbers and songs are amazing. And it still holds up, though. Plus, the theme song, Footloose, has been nominated for a Golden Globe and Academy Award for Best Original Song. While it didn't didn't win the award, it it was a nice nod. Anyway, so I guess that is something. If you are in for a teenage rebellion or just in in it for the songs and dance numbers, you'll be able to cut loose for Footloose. Number eight. I mean, no, no, Footloose was number eight. Number seven, Grease. Man, the 50s and 60s were a great time for teenage memories, am I right? But the 70s and 80s were also a good time to make these teenage flicks too. And Grease is no exception. Okay, okay, the 90s and 2000s has its, has a spare share, too. Well, anyway, Grease is set in the 1950s. This teen flick follows Danny Zuko, played by John Travolta, a greaser who develops a loving relationship with Australian transfer student Sandy Olsen, played by Olivia Newton-John. Once summer break is over, Sandy sees Danny as a greaser. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Looks, looks like looks like Danny's a little different different from from the summer. <laughs> While the film does have memorable musical numbers like Grease Lightning, You're the One That I Want, Summer Nights, etc. In fact, most of the actors most of the actors are actually adults playing teenagers in this film. So that is that is something. I mean, it's it's the 1970s. It was a different time though. Well, if you're in it for some 1950s nostalgia and musical numbers, then Grease is the one for you. Because it's the systematic, ultramatic Grease Lightning! Number 6. Spider-Man Homecoming Hey, who says superhero movies can't be a part of the teenage genre? Well, well, Spider-Man is one of them. Okay, so basically, for those of you who don't know, or basically, basically for those of you who don't know, Spider-Man started out as a teenager, and in fact, that's that's basically his origin origin story. He he became Spider-Man. 
Peter Parker became Spider-Man as a teenager. And for those of you who have read the Marvel comics, Spider-Man started out as a teenager who got his spider powers after being bitten by a radioactive spider. While Sam Raimi's Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire is considered by many to be one of the greatest superhero movies of all time, Tom Holland swings into action in 2017. His first appearance in Captain America Civil War is a start, but after that, Peter Parker, aka Spider-Man, goes back to school and continue his friendly neighborhood ways. Audiences, audiences are draw into par Peter Parker's time in high school as a teenager, which, to be fair, fits the comic book character, and explore his friendship with people, dealing with school, and becoming, you guessed it, Spider-Man. I mean, well, they didn't really do the origin in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but anyway. At first, I was split on the film because of how it will turn out, unlike Tommy Maguire's and Andrew Garfield's take, but after Captain America's Civil War, I was impressed, especially how Spider-Man takes on Adrian Toomes, aka the Vulture, played by Michael Keaton. Oh, spoiler alert, Peter Parker asks, asks Adrian's daughter Liz to the dance with, with an on-the-doorstep surprise where he meets the Vulture. <laughs> that, that twist is still surprising to me. The story is good while, while paying homage to the teenage life, including an in-joke to Ferris Bueller's day off. <laughs> yes, they, they do, in fact, play a nice clip from Ferris Bueller in this movie. While the action sequences are good, including the fairy sequence where, where Spider-Man accidentally screws up, it's still a, it's still a fun, fun movie to watch, especially for a superhero film like Spider-Man. And if you are looking for a film that balances the teenage and superhero genre, then Spider-Man Homecoming is for you, including a sequel, Spider-Man Far From Home, which is another good one. Moving forward, number five, Back to the Future. Great Scott, has it been 35 years already? Oh, this is heavy. I know, right? It sure has, because the original Back to the Future film takes you back in time from 1985 to 1955, where Marty McFly meets his, meets his father, George McFly. But this time, as a teenager, for George. George McFly is played by Crispin Glover. Writer and producer Bob Gale was inspired by his father's time in high school where his, where his father was class president while looking into his, his yearbook, which gave Bob the idea to make a time-traveling film where he goes, goes where, where Marty, well, the character Marty, goes to school with his father. And, to, and for Bob, he imagined what it would be like if he went back in time and went to, went to the same school and met his father, or meet up with his father, I mean. It's amazing how the film turned out, thanks to the direction by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, including Steven Spielberg. The film follows Marty McFly as he is traveling, no, I mean, he, as he is trying to get back home to 1985 while meeting his father for the very first time as a teenager and facing off the bully, Biff Tannen, played by Thomas F. Wilson. Oh man, greatest, gr one of the few greatest characters ever. Marty also got a chance to meet his mother for the first time. Who? Uh, yeah, I guess you guys can probably got the idea. Marty accidentally alters the timeline where 
Instead of Marty's mother falling in love with George, Marty's mom, Lorraine, falls in love with Marty. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's the writing of it, but uh, but hey, don't but don't worry. Marty fixes this up, fixed it up, or should I say, Marty was able to set things right, with great direction, writing, music, acting, and everything. Back to the Future knows how to bring in the teenage flick for time traveling. Number four, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban was, was a contender to this list, but it's the fourth installment that started to go down into a more mature route. Harry Potter and his friends are going into their fourth year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry as they experience a tournament known as the Tri-Wizard Tournament, including the return of the Dark Lord himself, Lord Voldemort. What makes this fourth installment stand out is the mature route, particularly, uh, and particularly, believe it or not, the underage theme. Now, I think that is basically my point of view of the film because it does have a huge theme for maturity and underage. And hear me out. Hear me out on this. The reason why underage. The underage theme is important in this film is because Harry faces a life or death situation of being involved with the Tri-Wizard Tournament. And that film that film resembles underage because, because in the film, and this did happen in the book too, because becoming a member of the Tri-Wizard Tournament in this film and book is the age of 17 and older. But with Harry being 14 years old in the film, that is risky because he is still a teenager. And he is not old enough to be a part of something for those who are older. And come to thinking about it, that is, that is basically an underage theme. Because, I mean, how, can, how could a 14-year-old be, be involved in a tournament that is meant for older students, which is 17, 17 and up? I mean, that's, that's a bit risky. That, that is a bit risky, but to be fair, I, I love how the film was able to work that out, showing the dangerous side of it all. But, hey, Harry was able to get through it, because he's Harry Potter. He's the chosen one. Well, be that as it may, many critics and audiences and fans agree that the Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is the most mature of the, of the bunch due to his tone, direction by Mike Newell, and plotline. And given, given the other installments, they do go into a much more mature route later on, until Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Moving forward, number three, Mean Girls. Yep, you can't have a top ten teenage movie movies without mentioning Mean Girls. This film, this film throws in almost everything about high school, mainly the students, staff, and social life. The film follows a teenage girl named Kate named Katie Heron, played by Lizzie Lohan, a 16-year-old girl who transfers to a public high school in Evanston, Illinois, after being homeschooled her whole life in Africa, and comes across the high school social life, including Queen Bee herself, Regina George, played by Rachel McAdams. While the movie itself is iconic for mainstream teenage flicks in a laugh-out-loud style, the film felt like a I feel like the film took inspiration from Saturday Night Live, if there's ever going to be a, 
be a sketch for uh, a school sketch for Saturday Night Live. And, f and now that I'm saying that, the, it's the fact that the film is produced by, by Saturday Night Live producer Lorne Michaels, along with Tina Fey, who wrote the script. And in fact, and in fact Tina Fey also played uh, Caddy's teacher in the film. On top of this, Amy Poehler and Tim Meadows, who are who are Saturday Night Live alum, alumni, appear in this teenage, teenage flick too. Is this a, a is this a SNL reunion? Well, well, we can we could probably decide on that. But anyway, if you are in for some high school nostalgia, fun reunion with some SNL SNL alums, then check out Mean Girls. Number two. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Are you leaving this episode? It's not over. I'm at the top two right now. St please, stay tuned. I'm almost done. <laughs> uh, okay, that was... Okay, I know it was a bad reference, but... Uh, it was close. Okay, anyway. Uh, anyway, this is... Anyway, number two is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And besides, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is the film that keeps everyone excited when it comes to teenage flicks. And hey, you can't have a teenage teenage list without mentioning one of the few coming of age directors, John Hughes. Besides, he besides he he has created, wrote memorable characters, including the writing, the acting, story, message, and the fourth wall jokes in this film that brings Deadpool that brings Deadpool's fourth wall to shame. And you can name the rest of them. John Hughes is known for his coming-of-age teenage comedies that takes place in the Chicago metropolitan area. Matthew Broderick plays the title character where he fakes out being sick and takes a day off from school, while the dean of students, Edward R. Rooney, hunts him down because he thinks that Ferris is giving weird ideas to students in high school. It's the 80s. Along the way, Ferris has a lot of fun hanging out with Sloan Pearson and Cameron Fry. Hey, how about the famous teacher line? Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. I mean, the mess that is basically the message of this film. For many people, life moves pretty fast, but you can live the most of it by watching this teenage classic, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now I know what you're thinking. What teenage flick? could possibly make the number one spot. Well, I am about to tell you right now. And the number one teenage, uh, teenage, teenage flick is The Breakfast Club. Taking the top spot is John Hughes' most serious and recognizable films, The Breakfast Club. The film follows five teenagers from different high school cliques who spend, a, who spend their entire Saturday in detention with their authorian assistant and pretty much Iron Fist assistant principal Richard Byrne, played play by Paul Gleason, who is the idea of a forceful and mean, who is force, a forceful and mean uh, assistant principal in this film that talks down to the five students. The five teenagers who are serving Saturday detention all have a high school clique. And... Um, and they are a basket case, a nerd, princess, jock, and criminal. Basically, that that's basically the point of the point of that in the film. 
And of course, they do have names. Their names are John Bender, Claire Standish, Andrew Clark, Brian Johnson, and Allison Reynolds, played by Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, and Ali Sheedy. The film goes into a heavy subject matters such as peer pressure and teenage struggles, which is very common for most teenagers in life who are discovering who they are and what they're dealing with. On top of this, the film doesn't, for doesn't forget the memorable moments from our five main characters, including their conversation about their home life and the song, Don't You Forget About Me. Don't you forget about me. Yep, that song. While John Hughes has made other teenage films in the past, The Breakfast Club takes the top spot as the all-time best teenage flick. And there you have it, folks. That was my top 10 teenage films. Do you agree with my list? Do you have do you have a teenage teenage flick? Did I miss a few of them? Did any of these films give you nostalgia or memorable moments from your teenage days? Well, let me know your thoughts. Thank you for tuning into Kodo's Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo. Remember to watch movies and stay positive. And and as always, stay safe and stay healthy in, during those hard times. See ya.